What a wonderful day, and why would it not be? You have joined the Sage Saith, and for this we thank you. Number 160723, A Year with the Church Fathers. Listen to God and your elders. St. Augustine tells a familiar tale of peer pressure. As a teenager, he was ashamed to be thought of as a good guy, so he ignored the advice of his mother. Many years later, he realized that God was speaking to him through her warnings. Whose words were they? God, but yours that you poured into my ears by my mother, your faithful servant. None of them sank into my heart to change my behavior. For she told me, I remember she warned me privately with great concern, don't commit fornification, but above all, never defile another man's wife. I thought these were just woman's words, and I would blush to obey them, but they were your words, and I didn't know it. I thought you were keeping silent, and she was the one who was speaking, but you weren't silent, you were speaking to me through her. So I rushed on blindly. Among my peers, I was ashamed to be less shameless when I heard them bragging about their disgraceful acts, boasting all the more according to the greatness of their baseness. I took pleasure in doing it, not just for the pleasure's sake, but for the praise. Is there anything but vice that is worthy of dispraise? Yet I made myself worse than I was to keep from being dispraised, and when I hadn't sinned as much as the really desolate ones, I'd say that I had done what I hadn't, so that I wouldn't seem more miserable for being more innocent, or less respectable for being chaste. St. Augustine, Confessions 2.3 In God's presence, consider, do I do things I shouldn't just because I'm afraid of what people will think of me? Do I try to recognize God's word in the advice parents, priests, and other people worthy of my respect give me? Closing prayer. Father, you command us to honor father and mother. Teach me to keep your commandment, and let me one day join my father and my mother in the happiness of the saints. Through the Year with Thomas Merton. Affirmation of God. It seems to me that contemplatives should be able to say to modern man something about God that answers the profoundly important and significant accusation of Marx against religion. Marx said religion inevitably leads to the alienation of man. It is not fulfillment, but opium. Man, in his worship of God, divests himself of his own powers and of his own dignity, and attributes these to an invisible and remote God. And then God gets to grant them, give them back to him, bit by bit, in retail packages. But that's not the case. We are learning more and more that the denial of God is really the denial of man. Yet, on the other hand, the affirmation of God is the true affirmation of man, contemplation in a world of action. Magnificat, July 2023. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Chapter 13, verses 1 through 23. On that day, 
Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down, and the whole crowd stood along the shore. And he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, where it had little soil. It sprang up at once, because the soil was not deep. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit, a hundred or sixty or thirty-fold. Whoever has ears ought to hear. The disciples approached him and said, Why do you speak to them in parables? He said to them in reply, Because knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven has been granted to you, but to them it has not been granted. To anyone who has, more will be given, and he will grow rich. For anyone who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables. Because they look, but do not see, and hear, but do not listen or understand. Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled in them, which says, You shall indeed hear, but not understand. You shall indeed look, but never see. Gross is the heart of this people. They will hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts, and be converted, and I heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. Amen, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. The seed sown on the path is the one who hears the word of the kingdom without understanding it, and the evil one comes and steals away what was sown in his heart. The seed sown on rocky ground is the one who hears the word and receives it at once with joy, but he has no root and lasts only for a time. When some tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, he immediately falls away. The seed sown among thorns is the one who hears the word, but then worldly anxiety and the lure of riches choke the word, and it bears no fruit. But the seed grown on rich soil is the one who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and yields a hundred or sixty or thirty-fold. The Gospel of the Lord. Meditation of the Day. The Ears of the Heart. The reading from the Holy Gospel, which you have just heard, dearly beloved, requires not a commentary but friendly admonition. Human weakness does not presume to review what truth has commented on in person, but there is something you ought to consider carefully in the Lord's commentary. If I were to tell you that the seed denotes the word, the field, the world, the birds, demons, and the thorns, riches, Possibly you would be reluctant to believe me. Hence the Lord himself deigned to explain what he was saying 
so that you would know how to seek the meaning of matters which he chose not to explain. But explaining what he said, he made it clear that he was speaking figuratively, so that you would be quite certain of the meaning while, in my weakness, I was struggling to explain his figures of speech. Who would ever believe me if I wanted to interpret the thorns as riches, particularly as thorns pierce us and riches delight us? And yet riches are thorns. They wound our minds by piercing them with thoughts of riches, and they make it bloody when they entice it to sin as inflicting a wound. The evangelist is our witness that in another place the Lord called them not simply riches but deceitful riches. And they are deceitful in that they cannot remain long with us. They are deceitful insofar as they do not relieve the poverty of our minds. The only true riches are the ones that make us rich in virtues. Therefore, dearly beloved, if you want to be rich, you must love true riches. If you want to seek summit or genuine honor, reach out for the heavenly kingdom. If you love the glories of rank, hasten to be enrolled in the court of the angels on high. Keep in mind the words of God which you hear. The word of God is our mind's food. Remember what the Lord said, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Everyone present there had the ears of the body, but since he said to all who had ears, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear, he surely meant the ears of the heart. Take care, then, that the word which you have received remains in the ears of your heart. Take care that the seed does not fall beside the way, lest the evil spirit come and take away the word from your memory. Take away that rocky ground, does not receive the seed, and send forth the fruit of good works without the roots of perseverance. God's Little Instruction Book, number one, two, and three by Honor Books. Golden Nugget, number one, uh, is inspired by... 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 8. In love we may find it better to make allowances rather than make points. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Golden Nugget number 2 is inspired by Revelation chapter 3, verse 15. Standing in the middle of the road is very dangerous. You get knocked down by the traffic from both sides. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. Golden Nugget number three is inspired by Proverbs chapter 22 verse 1. If you were given a nickname descriptive of your character, would you be proud of it? A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. Chesterson day by day. It is true that all sensible women think all studious men mad. It is true for the matter of that all women of any kind think of men of any kind mad. But they do not put it in telegrams any more than they wire to you that grass is green or God is merciful. These things are truisms and often private ones at that. The Club of Queer Trades
Reflection. The economic councils are the greatest duels between orthodoxy and heretics. Today the church jointly commemorates the first six ecumenical councils. The first ecumenical council was held at Nicaea in 325 with 318 holy fathers participating. It is commemorated, separated on May 29th and on the 7th Sunday of Pascha. This council refuted the heresy of Arius against the Son of God. Second, the Second Ecumenical Council was held at Constantinople in 381, with 150 Holy Fathers participating. It is commemorated separately on May 22nd. This council refuted the heresy of Macedonius against God the Holy Spirit. Thirdly, the Third Ecumenical Council was held at Ephesus in 431, with 200 Holy Fathers participating. It is commemorated separately on September 9th. This council refuted the heresy of Nestorius against the Mother of God. Fourth, the Fourth Ecumenical Council was held at Chalcedon in 451, with 630 Holy Fathers participating. It is commemorated separately on July 16th. This council refuted the Monophysite heresy. Fifth, the Fifth Ecumenical Council was held at Constantinople in 553 with 160 Holy Fathers present. It is commemorated separately on July 25th. This council refuted the heresy of origin. Sixth, the Sixth Ecumenical Council was held at Constantinople in 680-81 with 170 Holy Fathers participating. It is commemorated separately on January 23rd. This council refuted the monotheolite heresy. Number seven, the Seventh Ecumenical Council was convened at Nicaea in 787 with 367 Holy Fathers participating. This council is not commemorated on this occasion, but is commemorated separately on October 11th. This council refuted the heresy of iconoclasm. Through the option of the Holy Spirit, the councils condemned all these heresies, and the faith of orthodoxy was defined and confirmed for all time. A reading. You aspire to great things. Begin with the little ones. Ancient wisdom for today's world. The memory of insults is the residue of anger. It keeps sin alive, hates justice, ruins virtue, poisons the heart, rots the mind, defeats concentration, paralyzes prayer, puts love at a distance, and is a nail driven into the soul. If anyone has appeared his anger, he has already suppressed the memory of insults, while as long as the mother is alive, the son persists. In order to appease the anger, love is necessary. Remembrance of Jesus' passion will heal your soul of resentment by making it ashamed of itself when it remembers the patience of the Lord. Some people have wearied themselves and suffered for a long time in order to extract forgiveness. By far the best course, however, is to forget the offenses 
since the Lord says, Forgive at once, and you will be forgiven in generous measure. That's taken from Luke chapter 6, verses 37 and 38. Forgetting offenses is a sign of sincere repentance. If you keep the memory of them, you may believe you have repented, but you are like someone running in his sleep. Let no one consider it a minor defect, this darkness that often clouds the eyes, even of spiritual people. John Climactus, Stairway to Paradise, 9.